Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On this Friday the 13th morning, it's a little bit cooler out there, but it's still, you know, right in the ballpark of where we should be at for our temperatures. In Eau Claire, we're sitting at 23 degrees. Now, I've got some, talked a little bit about my adventures this week down to Wisconsin Dells. Today, I'm going to head to Stevens Point for the FFA halftime in the locker room. No, well, maybe they don't call it halftime in the locker room. Maybe it's just halftime conference. But it's over in Stevens Point, and I'm looking to get up on some of the new and interesting things that the FFA is coming to. I hear that they're going to have an FFA day at the Capitol. So I'm hoping to find out some more information about that and just kind of rub shoulders with uh, new happenings that are happening with the FFA because that is always a changing venue. I mean, agriculture has changed so much and the students are excited about doing different things and it's just, it's fun to be in that atmosphere. And I know that the halftime conference is a learning experience, a little bit of looking back on the first part of their year and making a plan towards what they're going to do this spring, what they're going to get accomplished. And we have, I know, forms that are starting to be due. We've got state farmers due, American farmers due, uh, proficiency at the state level. Um, needs Forms need to be filled out. I went through all of those with my kids and they did well with them. And it's just Sometimes they don't, uh, students don't see the purpose of filling them out, but it mostly is just writing down what you already do. I mean, give yourself some credit. You're already doing it. Write it down. Share your story. Share your agriculture story with people around you. It is so important. And as I've gotten a little bit older, I found out that it's even more important to share the story. And when you share it as a young person, it makes it easier because you get into the habit. Um, 
And that's, I guess, my take on it. So sharing the agriculture story. Let's take a look at our weather for today. Our high is supposed to be 24. We're sitting at 23 right now, but the real field temperature is 14. So it's a little bit cool out there, a little bit breezier than we have had the last few days. We're supposed to have partial sun, but breezy tonight, 10. Tomorrow, 33. Mostly sunny, but breezy. Tomorrow night, 29. Sunday, 37. Partial sun, and still that breeze is coming up. Believe we're switching between a low and a high, and I read some of the uh, weather, but Mike can explain it so much better than I can. Uh, Monday, 38, cloudy, and ooh, that precip is likely. And with 38 degrees, we'll have to hear if it's going to be snow or rain or slush or, you know, just some moisture coming out of the sky. Tuesday, 34, partial sun. Wednesday, 33, and partial sun. So we're actually still about 10 degrees higher than average for January. So that's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a good thing because every day we get one day closer to springtime. And as I mentioned, good morning. This is Joe Welke on Friday the 13th here at Wax 104.5. We need to start getting those chores done. Today... Be, along with our markets, we're going to be talking about the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates. And we're going to talk about the new, the 2023 Wisconsin Fairest of the Fairs, who was crowned Wednesday night. You got to hear, hear from her yesterday. I did a quick interview with her when I was down in Wisconsin Dells. So now today we can talk about her if we get that far. We are going to hear from the 2022 Fairest of the Fairs, Jackie Rosenbush. Um, great, great person. Great, lot of, she's willing to tell her story, and I appreciate that more than anything else. And for our long audio today, we're going to have Bridget Finke, the resident attorney from Valley Law, Valley Crossing Law. So that's a little bit about what's going on, but here we are. We're a minute. Oh, a minute and a half after 5 o'clock, and it's time to get our national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. At least six people are dead after a series of tornadoes tore through Alabama on Thursday. Another person was killed across the border in Georgia. The Alabama fatalities were reported in Autauga County, and significant damage was also reported in the city of Selma. Governor Kay Ivey has declared a state of emergency for several counties, and Georgia is under a statewide emergency. Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel to oversee the investigation into President Biden's handling of classified documents following his tenure as vice president. I signed an order appointing Robert Herr a special counsel. Robert Herr is taking on the role after serving as U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland during the Trump administration. The announcement came after Biden's team in November discovered classified records in a Washington, D.C. office previously used by Biden. That resulted in a subsequent search revealing an additional batch of records at Biden's Delaware home. This year's tax season is the first to benefit from the funding in the Inflation Reduction Act. Brian Shook explains. As a result, IRS Commissioner Doug O'Donnell says filers may see improvements in various areas of the agency when forms open on January 23rd. That's the earliest the IRS will accept 2022 tax returns. The deadline is April 18th. I'm Brian Shook. The FAA software that failed on Wednesday is 30 years old and reportedly won't be upgraded for at least another six years. 
That's what a government source familiar with the situation told CNN on Thursday. The software failure caused thousands of flight delays and cancellations all across the country. And tributes are pouring in on social media for the late Lisa Marie Presley. The daughter of Elvis Presley died Thursday at the age of 54 after a possible cardiac arrest. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson said on Instagram they had the chance to spend time with her during the Elvis biopic promotional tour and called her gracious. Singer Leanne Rimes said on Twitter she hoped Presley was at peace in her dad's arms. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here we are, about seven minutes after five o'clock, and it's time to look at some temperatures around the area. Eau Claire, 23, but it feels like 14, so it's a little breezy out there, a little cooler than we've had the last few days. Medford, 20, Bryce Lake, 21, Wausau, 22 and cloudy, Green Bay, 27 and cloudy, Marshfield, 24 and cloudy, La Crosse, 27, Madison, 30 and cloudy, and Milwaukee, 31 and cloudy. It looks pretty cloudy across the area. I didn't see any stars when I was looking outside this morning, but, you know, those glimpses are so nice to see. We're going to be doing some markets, and then we'll be hearing from a Jackie Rosenbush. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our first bunch of markets are sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. We'll get started with our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 146 to 160, with mixed at 109.5 to 145.5. Choice fed beef heifers are 145.5 to 160.5, with mixed at 88 to 145. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 140, with select and silage fed steers 84 to 129. Cows are 65 to 105. Bulls are 59 to 99. Butcher hogs are 49.5 to 66. Sows are 40.5 to 42.5. Boars are 17 to 31. With shorn and unshorn market lambs, 115 to 132. Feeder lambs are 125 to 275. With ewes at 75 to a dollar. Small goats are 35 to 255 dollars. Medium goats are 75 to 275 dollars. Large goats are $140 to $530, and nanny goats are $50 to $210. And let's take a look at our futures markets. Our live cattle, that's trending downward for today, February $157.55, down 20 cents. April $160.92.5, down 40 cents. June $156.92.5, down 40 cents. And August $157, down 45 cents. And our feeder cattle futures for January, 182, 12 and a half cents, down a dollar. March, 184, 27 and a half cents, down a dollar, 27 and a half. April, 188.40, down 117 and a half. May, 192.35, down 77 and a half. And our lean hog carcasses for February, 78.75, down 55 cents. April, 87.17 and a half. Down a dollar twenty two and a half. May ninety five ten down fifty five cents. And June one oh three eighty seven and a half down thirty seven and a half cents. And we're gonna look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Those markets are all trending upward. Our corn for March seven eight oh, corn for March six seventy three up two cents. Oats three sixty one up a fraction. 
Soybeans for March, 15.25, up 7 cents. And our soybean meal for March, $483 a ton, up $2 a ton. Wheat up 5 cents to $8.40. And rolling on over to our cheese barrels, 172.5, down 7.5 cents. 40 pound blocks, 208 and 3 quarters, down 9.5 cents. And our class 3 butter, 243, no change from yesterday. Our grade AA butter, excuse me. Grade AA butter, 243, no change from yesterday. Class 3 milk futures, January 1952, down 6 cents. February took a real hit at 51 cents down to 18.78. March, 18.40, down 23 cents. April, 18.62, down 26 cents. May, 19.06, down 14 cents. And those markets were trending downward through August. Then there was a little bit of a uptake into through the end of the year. And a lot of the markets are going up and down. The stocks are a little bit iffy going around. They're making some adjustments. There's uh, weather not happening, I guess. No rain down in Argentina. They're struggling with the heat and the dry. So their markets, their corn crops are expected to be down. And we always know about the the issues in Ukraine. There's been more bombing in eastern Ukraine, really taking out a bunch of the farmland. And it's just really having a big effect on the crops and the markets out there. So we're going to do a few more chores. And then we're going to hear from Jackie Rosenbush. She's the 2022 Fairest of the Fairs. She did her retiring address here Wednesday night. And just she's got so much to say, and she's going to be talking and telling her story about agriculture, I think, as long as she can. The 2022 Wisconsin Fairest of the Fairs gave her retiring address tonight, Jackie Rosenbush. It was phenomenal. It had a great message, and I appreciated every word. I'm going to have you reach back into the archives and tell me, what was your biggest take out of the year? That's tough. Biggest take. I had the opportunity to travel over 20,000 miles. I went to 65 fairs, like 25, 30 more events, worked an average of 100 hours a week. So I would say that my, my experience in Wisconsin's fair industry was expanded. My understanding of the diversity in agriculture, diversity in our fairs, in the industry itself, the opportunities for enrollment is just astounding. And it was something that I wasn't quite accustomed to coming all the way from up north in Washburn County. But I think probably my biggest takeaway was that I don't think my fair story is done yet. There's a lot more I want to learn. I want to continue to work with fairgoers, with fairists, um, advocating for agricultural education, and of course, to promote Wisconsin's fair industry. Sounds to me like it got into your blood a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say so. Either that or when I got my first pony for my fifth birthday, I decided I loved Wisconsin agriculture and anything that could get me the red ribbon that matched with my pink shirt and pink saddle on that little white pony was something that I was appreciating of. So I would say that it was something that I grew up with and Wisconsin's Ferris program really just instilled that um, understanding and instilled that importance within me. And you mentioned the first program. Is this a program that reaches throughout the state? 
Definitely, definitely. So the fairs program is something that any county or district fair can start. All they have to do is reach out to the Wisconsin Association of Fairs. Ms. Jamie Bootke would be a great resource. Reach out, ask, what can I do to start a fairs program, a fairs ambassador program in my community? There are about half of our fairs have fairs programs right now. Some are inactive if there's interest, but something that I really appreciate is that fairs are virtually free marketing for your fair. They have the opportunity to relate to youth exhibitors. They have the opportunity to appeal to your community and recruit sponsorship. They're really just an asset to have in your fairs. You made it through the year, a lot of miles, a lot of fairs, and I know I saw you at a quite a few of them. Let's take a little look ahead. What are the some of those plans for the future? That is a great question. I've sort of been pushing off the future for this entire year because I wanted to give Ferrist the respect it deserved. But I actually start student teaching at St. Croix Central High School in Hammond, Wisconsin next week. I'm an agricultural education major at the University of Wisconsin River Falls, and I'll hopefully graduate in May and begin my career in agricultural education. I have no doubt you will give it your all. Yeah, I I tend to do things to my highest potential if I possibly can. I'm a pretty competitive person, so you'll be seeing a lot more of me in FFA and 4-H and giving back to my community fair. And that was our 2022 retirement address from the Wisconsin Fairs to the Fairs, Jackie Rosenbush, and I'm Jill Welke. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's start the new year with all of our accounts and everything else. Our plans in place. Our state plans, transition plans need to have them in place as we go forward with the farm. Bridget Finke, our resident attorney with Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area, joins us. And Bridget, uh, a while ago I sat in an audience and listened to a a speaker, a, a professor of, well, farm law, farm taxes, transition planning and everything talking about a lot of things that uh, some I understood, some I didn't. And he was talking about a, a 1031 trade. And what is that, and how does it apply for our farmers? Um, so 1031 is sort of an exception in the tax law that lets us sell real estate without triggering capital gains tax. So one of the biggest challenges um, with farmland is that it is common that it's been passed through a family, sometimes as a result of death, but sometimes as a result of a gift, or it may have been just purchased a really long time ago when prices were a whole lot lower. And so it can be a real um, barrier to selling property because if I have a piece of ground that has a $500 an acre tax basis in it and I sell it now for top dollar for $7,500 an acre, I now have to pay capital gains tax on that difference between my $500 tax basis and my $7,500 sales price. And so that's where sometimes you'll hear people say they can't afford to sell um, because of what the tax bill is going to be. So how do we handle that? And, well, so, you know, one answer, Bob, is to die. <laughs> because well, I don't like that answer. Pro- I like to have a different answer. 
Yeah, that you don't want to use that as your tax planning no, technique no, would be my guess. No, so, that's not the one I want to pick. <laughs> so, um, but that is, you know, one one feature of the tax law under the law right now is that um, whatever property we own, when we pass away, when that goes on to the next generation, we get a readjustment of that tax number. So um, that, and the term we use is step up. Um, it, it can go down as, you know, we're learning with the market and um, it, it things taking downturns, but not land generally, prices. Not land prices. <laughs> and no, at least not right now, certainly. Um, and so that would get readjusted. So then that's now that 7,500 an acre to your heirs and they could sell for fill, full fair market value and avoid that tax. Um, and so, look, sometimes, you know, that's that's not our answer, right? We want to utilize this equity that we have, but we'd like to avoid paying that tax bill. And sometimes it's because we're changing what we're doing. We're getting out of farming, but we'd still like to get some income stream. So maybe we want to buy some rental housing because we hear that's hot and profitable right now. Um, and so what that 1031 allows you to do is to actually switch properties without triggering the capital gains tax by essentially kicking the can on the tax problem. What we do is we end up taking that um, basis and transferring it to the new property. So we don't get to avoid that capital gains tax, but we do get to avoid paying it because we've, we've taken and we've reinvested um, those funds in a new property. Now, like any kind of exception in the law, in, in the tax law, there are a whole lot of I's to dot and T's to cross. So don't think that you can sell your farmland, get a million bucks, and then go buy an apartment building and, hey, I, I can avoid my tax, right? Um, that money can never touch your hand. We often need to use a qualified intermediary. Um, there, there is a lot of details, and this would be one of those areas where I, I would say do not do it yourself. Um, lots of traps for the unwary, but certainly is a way to allow you to kind of change your property holdings without triggering that whole tax bill. Does it ever come due, so to speak? Does the devil ever get his due when we go and all of a sudden my kids own that apartment building I bought? Well, so back to if you still own that apartment building when you pass away, they'll get that step up then on the new property. But if um, you decide... You know, five years down the road, hey, this being a landlord is for the birds. I, I don't enjoy this. I would rather, you know, just get my money out of it and you sell at that point. Well, now you have another five years of potential property increase and you're still stuck with that, you know, 500 bucks a basis that you started with. So it, it isn't avoiding the bill entirely if and when you ever want to sell that property and not invest those funds in yet another property. But if you still own it when you pass away, then the kids get to step up on the on the new property and um, we'll get to avoid that bill. So, so it is very much not a tax avoided. It is a tax deferred unless you can make it to that point where you do get that readjustment in, in tax basis as a result of a death. Now, we're talking about 1031. Is that just for land? What about 
tractors, combines. We want to, you know, like we say, sell or then buy a, a bigger nah. combine. Does it work for machinery or anything other than land? Farm machinery is it is its own deal, and so it uh, it is interest primarily just interest in real estate, and it and it has to be. Sometimes you'll hear ten thirty one referred to as a like kind. Um, and that doesn't mean it has to be farmland for farmland, but it has to be property of the same character. So you can't um, sell your residence and uh, invest in the apartment building. Those are those are two two separate things. But no equipment is its own set of rules, um, and uh, that does not qualify for the like kind. There's other kinds of investment sort of things that can be like kind. Um, some people may have done this with life insurance policies or or some different things um but but primarily when we're talking about uh, you know 1031 exchanges it is real property interests and bridget before i let you go now that we're into january looking out ahead into 2023 are there some things that will be changing as far as our estate plans or transition plans are concerned that we should be on top of and we may need to to make some changes or you know i nursing home credits or whatever it may be any any changes that we're going to take effect this year that you uh, are aware of nothing that is going to take effect this year that i'm aware of right now i would say there's the the general thought of when's the last time you looked at your documents um we do have a change out there on the horizon to take effect in january of 2026 of um that estate tax exemption is set to sunset um from a current base number of 10 million plus inflation to a base number of 5 million plus inflation and so Certainly being aware of that, thinking strategically of whether you may want to try to tap into that higher number while it's still available. And what you don't want to do is wait until December of 2025 to make that decision. Um, so I would say, you know, sooner is better in that regard if, if you're one whose estate is in um, those ranges. Um, but never a bad time just to recheck your plan. You know, if you have formulas about buyouts or you have the ability to set values within your business entities, have you looked at those? Do you have your updated balance sheet? Um, always a good time at the beginning of the year to take stock of where are things at and what should be on our list in the new year to get updated or adjusted. Good New Year's resolutions with Bridget. Bridget Finke, our resident attorney with Valley Crossing Law in Baldwin. Get a hold of Bridget at 715-688-4045 or Bridget other ways as well. Uh, online at wisconsinfarmlaw.com. It's that simple. Bridget Finke with us once again as we... Uh, navigate or try to navigate the laws as far as what's going to happen to the next generation. Is our document correct? Bridget Finke with Valley Crossing Law. Well, thanks, Bob, for that update, and thanks, Bridget. It's always good to stay on top of those law stuff and just keep <laughs> keep current. And reevaluating it, I think, is utmost of, of the utmost importance because things change 
feelings change, and sometimes you try out something and it doesn't work out quite like you've planned. So, you know, it's okay to make those changes. You're talking to the person that's made a lot of changes in the last year. So we better get some more of those chores done. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're here at 532, almost 532, and it's time to hear from Morgan McCarthy with our news. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're looking at today. Local to us, two suspects in custody for last September shooting in Altoona have both entered not guilty pleas. Michael Purnell entered his plea yesterday. Xavier Thompson pleaded not guilty on Monday. And there is a third suspect in that case. Moan Golden, who remains on the run. We go to Taylor County. More details kind of still out there about what happened in a deadly fire. It was just after midnight Wednesday at a home in the town of Maplehurst as two people were inside the home and hurt while trying to escape. A 51-year-old woman from Stanley died because of injuries, and a man who was home at the time was hospitalized because of his injuries. The sheriff's office says investigators are now looking into the cause of that fire. As we go to Kadat, we see that they're the latest to add a referendum question to the spring ballot. City school board there last night okaying a $10 million tax hike request as they want to use that money then to fold back into schools to make improvements at junior high and high schools. The voters, you'll get to chime in in April. On the political stage, Wisconsin is on the list of states with a tic-tac ban. Governor Tony Evers yesterday putting pen to paper to ban the app from state-owned phones, tablets, and computers. The fear being that TikTok's Chinese owners can track American users and access their data, with the governor saying he made the decision after talking with the FBI, Homeland Security, and cybersecurity experts. While we're on the political stage, we look to other developments, and that includes a committee vote at the Capitol, as therapists in Wisconsin will be allowed to offer the controversial practice of conversion therapy. Jelaine Appling with Wisconsin Family Action agreed with Republicans who said the state licensing board enacted a rule to ban the practice without legislative approval. When a licensing board can read, can add what is included in discrimination without you all as the legislative body doing that, I think that's a clear overreach. Now, that was a 6-4 party line vote in the Joint Committee for Review of Administrative Rules that would allow Wisconsin therapists to work with patients in trying to change a person's sexual orientation. Just a heads up, those trails are closing. Eau Claire County Snowmobile Association uh, putting out a notice that as of tomorrow, Saturday, due to some of those warmer temps, those snowmobile trails going to be closed again. You can jump off the sled and maybe you put one foot in front of the other, racking up miles. That's the plan for one Virginia woman as she's gearing up to take on a world marathon challenge. Jill Jamison plans to run seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. She'll start later this month in Antarctica and then go to Australia, Africa, Asia, Europe, South America, and end in North America. The 56-year-old expects to sleep on the plane in between locations. She admits she won't rank with the other elite athletes, but is doing it to raise money for Alzheimer's disease. I'm Rebecca Hughes. And we headed back to the barn, where it sometimes feels like more work than a marathon, right? With Joe Welke and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax, 104.5. Well, thanks, Morgan, for that update. Here we are at 535, and I'm betting Mike is on his mic. Yes, I am. How you doing, Jill? I'm doing well. That's good to hear, and uh, it's kind of nice. I mean, this morning's a little cooler, but when we say cooler, still mid-20s. I think that we can all get behind that, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, we have more mild air heading our way this weekend as well as today. We're starting off with some cloud cover, but we may get some breaks and see the return of sunshine, which will help make those mid-20s later this afternoon feel, maybe just feel a little warmer. Otherwise, going into tonight, some clouds return, low teens for our overnight lows and partly sunny for tomorrow, but those winds shifting out of the south going to help bring in more mild air as we climb to the low 30s on Saturday. Sunday into the upper 30s, but then rain chances head our way for Martin Luther King Day as we warm up into the upper 30s. Could make a run at the 40-degree mark, but then going into Tuesday, we start to dry things out a little bit and remain a little on the cooler side, but still above average as we top out mostly in the low to mid-30s. Low 30s on Wednesday, mostly cloudy, and then Thursday brings us a slight chance at a few snow showers with highs into the upper 20s and low 30s. At the moment, still a mostly cloudy sky and a temperature of 23 degrees in Eau Claire. Okay, I've got a question for you. I might have an answer. We are gaining daylight. Mm-hmm. How much are we gaining in a day? Uh, I'll tell you what. I will look that up right now. I want to say it's somewhere between 45 seconds and a minute, but let's just go ahead and see our 536. Oh, uh, you caught me off guard with this one, but it looks like we are gaining, and I can't even find the right uh, right website. But I tell you what, uh, for our hit with Alex, I will get back to you on that, okay? Okay. Well, you can tell me next week, because you get me another couple weeks yet, because Bob is still basking in the sunshine of Hawaii for a while. I know, I can't blame him there, but uh, actually it's a little bit more than I initially thought. It's uh, minute 38 is what we're gaining today, so I was guessing around 45 seconds to a minute, but yeah, about a minute and a half. That's cool. I like the hearing that every day in a little more sunshine. Exactly, too, so that'll be nice. All right, well, you have yourself a great weekend. You too, Joe. We'll talk to you Tuesday then. Tuesday, yep. All righty. And that was Mike Dandria from TV 13 News. We've got to get through some more chores. I just had somebody walk in, uh, somebody, a different voice that we're going to be hearing from, Lissa Seafeld. She's from the Eau Claire Extension, Ag Educator. And I think we might talk a little bit about the weather and your animals. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We haven't even swung over to our news. So, the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates came out yesterday with a few adjustments. Starting with those wheat supplies, the global outlook is for increased supplies, exports, consumption, and stocks. World supplies were raised 1.3 million tons to just over 1 billion on production increases in Ukraine and the European Union. World consumption was raised by 200,000 tons to almost 790 million tons based on more use in the U.S. and less used in Ukraine. When looking at the corn outlook, the USDA grain stocks report calls for reduced production, food, seed, and industrial use, exports, and ending stocks. U.S. corn production is estimated in at just short of 14 billion bushels, down 200 million even with an increase in yield per acre. But there's 1.6 million fewer acres harvested, equaling a much smaller harvest. Total corn use is down 185 million bushels to 13.9 billion. Exports were down 
150 million bushels to just over 1.9 billion, caused by the slow pace of shipments through December and low outstanding sales in January. With with supply falling more than use, corn stocks are lowered 15 million bushels. And the season average price for producers remained unchanged at $6.70 per bushel. And yesterday, you got to hear from Charlene Swedland from Greene County, who was crowned the 2023 Wisconsin Fairs to the Fairs Wednesday night at the Fair Association Convention in Wisconsin Dells. Charlene was able to impress the judges and was the title winner out of 36 contestants. She's going to be heading around the fair district this summer and visiting an awful lot of fairs, just like we heard that Jackie Rosenbush visited and getting the fair information out and really promoting it. And from our area, contestants were... That ended up in the top five were Brooke Shatley from the Barron County Fair. She was the first runner-up. And Samantha Wirtz, Northern Wisconsin State Fair, Chippewa Falls. She was the fourth runner-up and winner of the Tim Heffron Congeniality Award. I actually did talk to her, and boy, she's got a lot to say. She's thinking about going into publishing. So it's always interesting to talk to these young ladies and young people and find out what their game plans are and wonder, I wonder a little bit how many times it might change because, boy, mine's changed quite a few times. We better get through some more chores before we head on over to markets. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here we are at 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. It is 23 degrees out there with a real feel about 14. But we need to be swinging on over to our markets and hear from Jim Lindsay, Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers and efforts $1.25 to $1.51. Choice dairy cross steers and efforts $1.25 to $1.50. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.38 to $1.48. Choice Holstein steers $1.20 to $1.37. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.19 and down. Top 20% of the cow cows sold from 72 to 84. We had a top of 89. 60% of the cows sold from 58 to 71. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 57 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of organic cows sold from 80 to $1.15. The bottom 20 percent of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Coal bulls sold from 65 to 90. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $125 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $260 per head. Our next special feeder sale at the Altoona Market is Friday, January 20th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. And you have a great day as well, Jim Lindsay. We're going to do a little bit more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Jerry Fitzgerald. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As promised, I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the phone line, and he says he's pretty concerned about Friday the 13th. 
Well, good morning to you, Jill. I don't know if I'm real concerned about it, but uh, so far everything is okay, and I remembered what your phone number was, so I guess we're okay. <laughs> everything falls into place. It sure does. So, And anyway, speaking about that, why don't we just uh, give a summary to the folks about the market here at Stratford? Absolutely. All right, Joe, thank you, and good morning, everyone. And this will be a summary from this past week here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market, uh, conventional cows, of course. Both of the cows this week, the high-yielding cows, were selling from uh, 75 to 85. We did top out this week at $90 on some high-yielding beef cows on Wednesday's auction. Uh, the majority of the cows we sold here at Stratford this week sold between 55 and 75. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, 53 and below. Uh, now we'll uh, highlight the organic market. Uh, High-yielding organic cows on Tuesday, 95 to dollar fifteen. Lower-yielding organic cows below 90 On the pet cattle trade here, choice-grading Holstein steers are mostly from $1.24 to $1.39. Select underfinished cattle, 123 and below. On the uh, bull market, uh, high-yielding bulls mostly from 82 to 92 Lighter-weight bulls below 82 On the calf market, uh, Holstein bull calves on the close from 75 to 160 on Monday's auction, a lot of bull calves selling from that 170 up to a top of 225. Heifer calves this week, 90 and below. Beef calves, uh, mostly from uh, 150 to 300, also topped at 345 earlier in the week. And uh, looking ahead to next week here at Stratford, full marketing week on tap. Of course, full, full marketing days next week. Our next uh, hay auction will be next Tuesday. Our next uh, dairy auction also next Tuesday. And we do have a, a lot of good quality cattle consigned for that sale next week on Tuesday. So uh, we invite you folks to take a look at our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page. We have a, we have a consignment of springing heifers. Uh, these will be freestyle heifers. We do have another consignment of recently fresh uh, Holstein cows, all fresh, three weeks or less. So you folks are looking for some really fresh cows. Next week we'll have them here in Stratford. And also we do have a, another consignment of Holstein cows, all stages of lactation on those. So, folks, again, you can view that information on our website. Or if you've got questions, 715-687-4101 is our phone number. And, Jim, with that, we'll turn it back to you. And you have a safe and enjoyable weekend. And, uh, well, I kind of missed the weather part, so nothing really too exciting happening, huh? No, we're going to be in the 30s, and that's that's uh, ten, about 10 degrees norm, warmer than normal. So I think it's uh, – I'm good with it. Any day it's a, in yeah. the 30s, I'm good. And whatever is normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, average, All right. how about that? There you go. All right, well, we'll talk to you ladies on Monday morning. Absolutely. Thank you. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford giving us an update. I'm going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be doing our last bit of markets. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we've made it to that time of the morning where we get the second run at our markets. Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for March is at six seventy-three up two cents. Oats three sixty-one up a fraction. Soybeans up seven cents for March and landing at fifteen twenty-five. Soybean meal four hundred eighty-three dollars a ton up two dollars a ton. And wheat for March is at eight forty up a nickel. Those markets are all trending upward. A lot of that has to do with uh, the weather in Argentina. It's awfully dry and hot down there. And Ukraine, more bombing, less farmland. Let's swing on over to our country elevator prices. A wheat and grain chip of falls. Corn, 618. 
excuse me, Chippewa Falls location. Corn is at 618, 1465 for the soybeans. At the Cottersville location, 618 and 1460. Golden Plump in Arcadia, 648. For their corn, Baldwin, 631 corn and 1452 for their beans. Durand, 621 and 1446. Mondovi, 633 and 1451. Elmwood, 631 and 1456. Fall Creek is at 613 and 1431. Osseo, 636 for corn and 1456 for soybeans. Elk Mound, 621 and 1450. Sparta, 619 and 1446. Ellsworth, 602 and 1402. And Northside Elevator, Loyal Location, 618 and 1454. At their Arcadia uh, location, it's at 637 and 1456 for beans. Ethanol Plants, Boyceville, 649. Stanley, 636. New Richmond, 633. And rolling on over to our Cheese Markets, Barrels, are sitting at 172.5, down 7.5 cents. 40 pound blocks, six, two, <laughs> 40 pound blocks, 208 and three quarters, down 9.5 cents. And gray double A butter, 243, no change from yesterday. Our class three milk futures, January 1952, down 6 cents. February, we took a big hit of 51 cents, down to 1879. March, 1840 down 23 cents. April down 26 cents to 1862. And May 1906 down 14 cents. And now that market was heading downward through August. Then there was going to, looks like it's going to go up a little bit. And we've got a few more chores to do. And then we're going to be hearing from Lissa Seafelt and a little bit weather, animals. You know, that's always on our minds. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to take one last look at our weather. Today, high at 24. Tonight, 10. Partly sunny and breezy. Tomorrow, 33. Mostly sunny and breezy. Tomorrow night, 29. Sunday and Monday, into the 30s. Or middle 30s, I call it upper 30s, 37 and 38. Breezy and some sun, but cloudy, but, you know... We always seem to get kind of a gamut of weather. And I had Lissa Seafelt walk in from the Eau Claire County Extension. She's the ag educator. And weather is always on our mind. And when we have animals, it's always, a. I think it's kind of a concern. I mean, mine are pretty tough. I've got beef cows. They're out in the field. My biggest concern is keeping them fed and making sure that's my, you know, that's my biggest deal. What do you have for advice out there for keep taking care of those animals in this winter weather? Yeah, good morning. Um, one of our big things when we have animals that might not be in a, a permanent indoor shelter in the winter that has a nice heated home um, is to make sure that we're keeping those critters um, clean and dry um, because when we have animals with a nice winter fur coat, if that fur coat isn't being kept um, dry and free of mud and manure and, and snow and things like that, um, that really impacts their ability to keep themselves warm. Um, if that coat um, gets compacted by wetness or um, if there's some man- what we call manure tag on that hide um, or mud tag, anything like that, that really impacts the uh, capacity for that um hair or wool to to really provide that insulating factor um so that's our kind of first big tip um it's really important and and sometimes gets overlooked um 
And something I noticed, my cows I mentioned are outside, but when it snows, they end up with kind of a coat of snow on top, sitting on top of the hair. Is that good or bad? Yeah, so the the snow on top isn't great, um, but if we're providing that adequate bedding underneath them, so when they're laying down and and ruminating and um, really kind of processing their food, it's make, making sure that that um, bedding pack is dry for them is probably the biggest part. Um, you know, cattle especially are pretty hardy when it comes to um, our winter temperatures because they have those gut um, microbes that are helping provide some extra heat for them. Um, but if we have, say, a um, pig outside, they don't have those gut uh, microbes to um, do that for them. Um, so they're going to be a lot more susceptible to that um, cold and wet. So that's where that um, dry bedding is really key. Um, some other things that we need to be thinking about um, is making sure that our critters outside have access to windbreaks and shelters. Um, in the winter time, they need some extra calories, especially when we get those really cold snaps um, like we had back in December. Um, they're going to need some extra quantity of feed and forage, depending on what we're um, feeding. And um, also, don't forget about keeping that water free of ice. And um, if you can, get that water warmed up a little bit because they're going to drink more of that. And that helps keep everything moving through that digestive tract. So that's really important um, as we're working through some of those um, wintertime challenges. And I always say, I, the electric company really likes me this time of the year. I've got five waterers out there, and I put a light bulb underneath and a heater in the top because I would much rather pay the electric company than thaw them out. So some great advice, keeping those animals up and going for this winter time and those cold snaps. And that's what we have for you for this farm show this morning. And that was Lissa Seafelt. She is part of the Eau Claire County Extension Ag Educator. And I'm Jill Welke here at Wax 104.5. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.